Wave pool technology is progressing at a rapid rate, and commercially surfable wave pools are opening around the world. Welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. My name is Nick Robinson, and through my guests, we take a detailed look at this fascinating new game. Check us out on wavepoolmag.com. For your curiosity and stuff. G'day and welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. Today, we've got no less than um, the main man at Wave Pool Mag, Brian Dickerson. And it's great for us to get together because we did we started doing a little bit of this on, on Instagram a while back and uh, it sort of gave it up. But it's really nice to recap the entire Wave Pool industry with all the projects going on because... You know, Brian's at the center of uh, the epicenter of this whole thing. And everybody's, you know, emailing him bunches of stuff and press releases and whatever. So he knows exactly what's going on where and who's going on with who. So we talk about all the wave pool projects that are happening by manufacturers. We talk about the smaller manufacturers as well. And um, when I say manufacturers, the wave tech companies. And um, yeah, it's a great chat. And it really it really takes us all around the world to to many of these different projects. So listen up. It's a good one. Ryan Dickerson, welcome to your own podcast. This is fantastic. So, <laughs> it's great to have you back. And um, I just want, because, okay, yo, where are you? That's my first question is, I mean, you know, you're, you're in France in the middle of the sticks somewhere. Yeah, we're uh, just on the edge of the Basque country in France. And it's a, a small town, medieval, uh, about 45 minutes from my favorite place to surf in Osager. And uh, yeah, it's just a very different way of life. So I I'm saw enjoying it that. yesterday. I, I jumped onto Google Maps and I looked at their sort of provided photographs of your mm-hmm. place. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but um, it looks, you're right, medieval is the word. I mean, it looks really, really medieval. Yeah. 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 And of course, being a, a Californian uh, where everything was built in the last 50 years, it's it's great being around something that's older than, you know, Buick or <laughs> General Motors <laughs> or something like that. It's, uh, or Disneyland, yeah, yeah, exactly. It looks like it looks just, like a real Disneyland downtown in the Centerville, Centreville uh, here. That's how I describe Porto in some places of Portugal. It's like you know Disney, like a real Disney World. It's crazy. But listen, we know a lot about you from from the last podcast um, that we did. So if anybody wants to know about you, they can jump back and listen to that podcast. But could you just quickly recap? on the story of how you started and are progressing with Wavepool Mag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, glad to. Wavepool Mag started when, uh, after, for a long time, I was the editor-in-chief at Surfer's Village, which was a long-running Y2K kind of uh, all-things surf news. And then that folded, and I uh, did some freelance work, and I was always fascinated with wave pools. So in, in my spare time, I started up this this website, and then just rolled that into more and more momentum. People are really excited about wave pools. They want to know what's going on. So just kind of uh, fed off that, rolled it into more and more content. And uh, almost two years later, we have backing from a, a larger company who is uh, really great and supporting us and our uh, traffic is growing and we're doing wonderful things and i'm i'm just very grateful to to write about surfing and wave pools every day it's 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 a dream job <laughs> yeah and it's been amazing just to follow the, the success of wave pool because i remember i was doing some research because as i've sort of hinted at in the last couple of podcasts i'm 
uh, I've pulled together a team and we're building a wave pool in Portugal. But um, so along my journey, I saw your wavepoolmag.com and I was like, man, this guy looks like he's got it together. Let me just you know, check it out. So I emailed you and I said, hey, man, let's do a podcast because I've been in digital marketing for 20 years and I love podcasts, love doing them. And, and you were like, okay, let's check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, yeah, then we got into it. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that, that was really funny because I remember that email and um, I'm like, I don't listen to podcasts. You know, who, who listens to podcasts? But I've gone on to discover they're incredibly popular and that you do a great job with, with podcasts and they're interesting and uh, you've converted me. So I, I'm starting to listen to podcasts. So you must be very good at your job. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And it's just to talk about podcasts quickly is like, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I know you do as well. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I just found their podcast this morning. I was like, what? They got a podcast. That's brilliant. Oh, they do. Wow. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to tell uh, my kids about that. They're big Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans as well. Cool. Any of you guys out there who are Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the television series fans, it's on Netflix, get onto uh, the podcast. Yeah, for sure. But today, I'd love to do an overview of what we currently know about all the wave projects around the world. Because obviously, Brian, you're at the epicenter of this hurricane and, and you know everything comes into you all the day long. That's incredible. So the best thing, I think, is to start with the, with the wave tech providers. So let's start with good old USA and Kelly Slater Wave Co. As far as I'm aware... They have five projects, am I right? Yeah, it's uh, they're they're not too forthcoming. Projects tend to be really vocal and uh, reach out to us when they when they need funding, when they need some publicity to raise monies. Um, so with Kelly Slater, it's kind of the inverse. Uh, they have the money, and so we don't always know what is uh, what is going on. Do you think it's all Kelly's money? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think he, I have no basis to say this, but I, would you sink all your money into? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, think, I think the reason, the plausible answer to that question really is that he obviously kickstarted it with his, ca- his own cash in the beginning yeah. because that was just so risky. Got it up and now he's probably got, um, you know, a whole ream of investors involved and, and mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, as you said, it's all speculation because these guys are really private about their stuff. Yeah, they're obviously. incredibly respect. T- yeah, they're uh, incredibly tight-lipped about what's going on. We do know Lamore is there. Um, it's incredibly expensive. It's incredibly wonderful. Uh, they are busy, so there's enough wealth in that area or nearby to for people to shell out uh, between thirty thousand to fifty thousand for a day to rent the park. Although I have heard it's gone up to seventy thousand. Can't confirm wow. that. Wow. Uh, they are taking this model to the Coachella Valley, uh, where there are four wave pools being in development right th- right now, and that will be part of the canyon development, which uh, will have one to five million dollar homes. And a lot of uh, you know naysayers are are saying, "Well, do you want a five million dollar home that has this loud locomotive noise, you know, that goes off at every you know goes off at seven in the morning or whatever?" But people are very smart, and when they develop and millions of dollars are at stake, and they find a way around it. So uh, I'm fairly confident in their creativity to make it work. Yeah, noise is an interesting issue in, in wave pools. I mean, I've just been doing a bit of analysis, on, um, and we're looking at some, some wave, pool, uh, wave garden projects and looking at the decibel levels around and about, um, as with Endless Surf. And it's amazing how 
is actually not that loud. The ambient noise. I think the the, the major amount of I don't I don't know about Kelly's obviously because I've never been there, never heard it, I've never seen any studies. But I know I've been observed a wave garden, and it's it's you know actual the sound of the wave is is the worst sound or the loudest sound, which is quite a, a nice sound. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that when I went to uh, the wave in Bristol, is that uh, standing on the shore, it, it sounds like the ocean, because it's the ambient noise of waves coming through. At the wave garden test facility, before it lets off a wave, there's a loud clunk from the machine. The later uh, wave garden machines don't make that loud clunk. So it's it's really quite quite peaceful. And you can hear that clunk in the intro because I recorded while I was in Wave Garden headquarters the intro of this podcast. You'll hear a oh, wave coming along. You hear it just before you start, it goes clunk, clunk. And it's not that loud, but it's, oh, wow. uh, it's <laughs> oh, thanks for pointing that out. I'll, I'll give it a close, close listen. Um, after Co- Coachella Va- Valley, there's the Gold Coast, which there, <laughs> it's funny, Beach Grit has done a great job of like blowing it up as this big, big. Um, <laughs> They always do a great job. Cat, yeah, cat fight or something, but um, it's you know it's there. It's a big investment. It might go. It might not. There is vocal opposition to it, and that is something they might or might not overcome. Well, we'll see what happens. And uh, you you mentioned to me, Nick. You said there might be another one in Oz. I don't know anything about that. Do you? No, I think I might be getting confused between the Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast because I've never been to Oz in the East. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll take your I, word on that. But then, okay. But then there's inland, right? Yes, inland, which has um, total. Uh, radio silence we don't know what's going on there uh what's funny about or not really funny but interesting about this space is people are really quick to kind of naysay on an idea so there's a lot of like negative you can't do that or this won't work and you know there were some instagram messages coming through about uh the inland project being transformed into the kelly slater wave uh company saying it wouldn't work yada yada but I think people just tend, it's either schadenfreude or the whole like haters, uh, social media culture. What is schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. You pronounce it better than I do. <laughs> but being a good art student, it's, <laughs> it's the German word for uh, taking joy in the misfortune of others. So like when you see someone get a parking ticket, you're like, oh, that's bad. But there's, on another level, you're like, yes, it wasn't me. So okay, we don't have a word like that in English, do we? No, no, we don't. But uh, we can borrow from German because that's what English does: borrows from everything. <laughs> so inland, just for you guys out there who don't know and aren't up to speed, was an original wave garden project um, run by the Coors brothers or the Coors family in Doug middle of Coors, Texas. Yeah, Doug Coors, right? Yeah, and then he sold it to WSL. Um, and KS Waveco, Kelly Slater Waveco. So, and they've been developing it for years now. I think I think it's been about two years, isn't it? It's been yeah, nothing's yeah. come out of it. Yeah. But um, we do have a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, we have got an insider from Kelly Slater Waveco that we're going to be interviewing. Um, you know, he's he's just had to 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 postpone the interview, but you know, hopefully, we'll get him on and we'll be able to learn a little bit more about the mysterious Kelly Slater Waveco. Yes, so many questions. So, uh, and we'd all like to learn more than uh, simply what's what's presented in the press materials. Yeah. All right. So, Wave Garden, who is the darling of the uh, wave pool space, because they've been mm-hmm. around for so long. I think 
When did they start? What, 2005 or 2003, I think? Uh, 2005, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got the four. They've got, what, four operating uh, plus the research and development facility already, which is quite phenomenal. I mean, they're streets ahead of anybody else. Yeah, and Korea's a huge deal. It's, you know, the largest, and that was uh, one of our, our most popular stories on the website was uh, about the... Um, what's it called? Wave Park in South Korea. And that's, you know, they, they, they've proven they can build a large scale commercial pool. So post COVID, we'll, and when the seasons change, we'll see how that pans out. But that was really exciting because looking at that barrel, I mean, it's, it's much bigger, isn't it? I mean, when, when you compare Wave Gardens, you've got to look at how many uh, modules there are. Right. Wave Garden cove design in at the wave in bristol and at urban surf i believe have 46 modules and the south korea wave pool has 56 modules by comparison the test facility has i believe it's 24 or 28 and do you know how many the one in switzerland has because it's a, it's a much smaller one as well yeah that one will have 46 it'll be the same size as the uh, as urban surf and the wave okay but what they've done is i think they've sort of eliminated the uh, the the second part of the wave because obviously wave garden has one wave running through or two waves simultaneously running through and then the pros out the back or the intermediate guys surf that wave and then when it gets too smaller then then the beginners pick it up and, and ride it into the shore and i think they've taken away that beginner section oh they have i hadn't heard about this so the once the wave breaks all the way through to the inside what happens there's no more wave no more wave yeah so but that means that basically you can still run beginners in the wave um uh, you know, you just have to have you just have one wave all the time, so it's like almost half size. Okay, so does that mean the intermediate and advanced options will run all the way through? Yeah. So it will be effect- as per normal. So effectively, it will be a longer wave. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, it's the this, the pool is smaller, so ah, yeah. look, okay. I haven't been there, um, and you know, I may be wrong, but this is what I've heard. So okay, well, we're supposed to go there in March and investigate. So. COVID willing, we'll uh, be able to report on that. Yeah, we're going to do an awesome video vlog series. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I hope that happens. I'm working on an animated vlog personality so I can uh, be like Ben Gravy or Jamie O'Brien. Anima- I think you jump, up, <laughs> you jump up and down a lot and you gesture wildly with your hands, correct? Yeah, you've always got to use your hands and point and numbers <laughs> and stuff like that. I think, um, what's his name? Um, the guy from New York, what's his name? Um, Casey Neistat? Yeah, Casey's got this whole, like, how to do it. You know, he's, uh. the, he's the ultimate vlogger. <laughs> <laughs> he is. <sighs> yeah, Switzerland. And then coming up behind that is uh, Edinburgh, which is still, I, it, they're still kind of in, in the, on the sidelines right now. But coming up fast is uh, Sao Paulo. Brazil. Mm, they've uh, broken ground. Well, they're almost finished. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. They're doing great. I'll let you pronounce the name since you know Portuguese. Fazenda do Grama. Very good. Very good. And they're, um, yeah, we should be hearing from them in, you know, in the next couple months, uh, whether they're filling the lagoon or pumping out waves, but that'll happen pretty quick. Yeah. And obviously, you know, COVID is running rifle around the world. So it must, it must be tough for those guys, but none of these projects seem to have been held up. Yeah. I, I think I think it's the nature of construction. You know, you can socially distance. Uh, people on site can wear a mask. So I believe while COVID is really dramatic, 
basically just affected everyone everywhere uh, in terms of construction. Maybe you can still do that. Another exciting project from Wave Garden is Desert Surf, also in the Coachella Valley. Yeah, Desert Surf um, has it has it's so close to the epicenter of the American surf industry in Southern California. They're able to uh, you know get a lot of pros on board for that, and that has a lot of momentum, a lot of muscle, and they're you know going through all the steps, and they should be breaking ground soon. Because that's Shane Beshin and John Luff, isn't it? And a bunch of others. I don't think Shane Beshin. I think it's John Luff, Josh Kerr, and a, a lot of pros. Uh, Doug Shears is behind that, I believe. I hope I'm not confusing projects. If there's more than two things going on, I tend to confuse things. Well, if you guys are out there listening <laughs> um, and and want to set us right, just just go onto the Instagram and and set us right. Yes. Love to hear it. Yes. And for WaveGarden, um, I printed out the WaveGarden map because I was curious too, wondering about this. And they have, it's a lot like our surf planner that we have on the website with uh, little dots representing, you know, some of these are going, some of these are working, uh, some of these, you know, just uh, died a quiet, lonely death. You, you never fully know until they're breaking ground and uh, shortly after pumping out waves. But you have Hawaii uh, for Wave Garden. You have the Tiger Bay, I believe it is, in British Columbia. Yeah, in Canada, yeah. Uh, they, they're still on tap for Florida, it looks like. Really? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Which one? That's um, what's, Where is it? Orlando? Or what? It's the Fort Pierce Florida product project. And that one actually looks really promising because it's 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 done by a group called uh oh it's Surf Park something. Uh American Surf Parks. American Surf Parks, yeah, I believe. Uh Phil Dixon. And they're doing the Myrtle Beach project, which will also be a cove. And they uh they they really have their stuff together. So, you know, they're working with the local agencies and that's that's moving along quickly, it looks looks like how about that project from i think it was a wave garden project um further north is it richmond with the rapper and the singer involved what's his name um yeah Farrell williams he's uh yeah he's yeah pop artist uh really cool guy grew up in virginia beach and there's a nice little video story about you know passing this place that was called the dome and how it was uh, band- w- abandoned and ruined and became a po- parking lot. And now there's this whole redevelopment project called The Wave. And the Virginia Beach is getting, uh, they're working with Virginia Beach, and it's a, it's a long government uh, process for approvals and funding. And uh, there's every now and then there's a little news blurb on that, but it looks like they're headed in the right direction, and it's all coming along i mean i suppose it wasn't going to be long before we had two wave pools called the wave right <laughs> well if it's you look at like... yeah if you look at names in this space it's it's almost like computer generated or you know you put five different terms in a hat <laughs> and you, you shake it around and you pull out two of them and you have your project name you know surf park this or wave pool this or wave park or surf pool um throw you know american or you know something else in there and it's uh 
That's why I like Alaya Bay because it's quite unique as well. Obviously, Fazenda de Grama is pretty unique as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get they get extra points for uh, creativity and and name. Yeah, Our American Wave Machines, um, one of the forerunners of you know obviously launching BSR back in when was that like 2017 around there I think. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they've got six projects. Am I wrong? They have. Let me count. Um, Texas, New Jersey. They are definitely doing uh, Japan. That one's broken ground. Uh, they have one in Brazil, which will be incredibly large. And they might have a few in Brazil, actually. Yeah? Okay. That's, that's awesome. And then uh, in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, they're, uh, they're planning one there as well. Do you know anything about that one? Yeah, that's, uh, it's called The Lake. And that's in Richmond, Virginia. Um, it's yeah, it's they're they're planning it. Richmond at one time was looking like it had two wave pools: one uh, the lake by this group using wave, um, American wave What's machine technology, and the other one uh, swell not swell. It's what's his product called? I think it's is it swell spot. By swell Walter spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Swell spot would be on the other side of Richmond, so forty-five minutes apart. It was looking like Richmond would have um, two wave pools, which is mm. what a strange world, like some random city. Sorry, Richmond, but it, it could be anywhere. <laughs> so any city in the U.S., any city anywhere uh, randomly becomes a surfing epicenter <laughs> with two Why wave not? pool I mean, projects. I hope that every single city in the world will have a wave pool eventually. Um, and, you know, who knows? But that, um, you know, I think we saw some beautiful images from the lake in Richmond. Um, you know, sort of like nighttime renderings and all kinds of cool stuff. If I remember correctly, on yeah, on yeah, they 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 spent um, a, the right amount of money on their on their renderings. So it it it's frustrating from my end when you know someone sends through a WeTransfer or Dropbox and it's like, yeah, we've got our new renderings and. You know, it was done on SketchUp by an intern. <laughs> it's just so frustrating <laughs> because you're thinking, wait, you want people to invest millions, literally millions of dollars on this project, and you, you know, you spent a hundred dollars on the <laughs> on the design. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. But but they did a good job. They, they had beautiful renderings. Cool. Now, um, the boys from Yapoon, uh, Surflex. Certainly. I mean, I reckon they've arguably, arguably produced the best wave in a pool to date. I mean, I haven't surfed it, and it, you know, it might be a dice up with uh, with Kelly Slater's, but but can they make it commercially? I mean, that's the big question. What have you heard about their new smaller pool? Well, if you if you go to the Surflakes website right now, they uh, they're very distinct. Um, they have two distinct products. They have uh, Surflakes Standard and Surflakes XL. So what they're doing is they realize the scope of their design magnificent as it is was not suited in certain uh commercial viability models so they're they've downsized that and um you know it's a great product everyone loves it um it's just we're you know waiting to see see it uh open somewhere commercially or you know a definite uh, license and construction agreement going, but that said, they have their, the last uh, media communications was to was that they were looking at their opening their Yapoon facility. Um, to yeah, that would be the exciting. Public. Yeah, yeah, and um, they've got they're they're in tight with the community. Um, you know, they have the, the usual uh, 
government local restrictions and and bureaucratic uh, entanglements and procedures to go through, you know, which is good. So no one opens anything that ends up hurting people. Um, and they're yeah in the works with that. Yeah, good luck to them because they're a lovely bunch of guys and and they've got yeah. an amazing product. You're right. They're really yeah. Yeah, it has captured everyone's imagination. Yeah, and they're very imaginative as well. I mean, they've got some great case studies. I remember um, being on a call with them once, and they were talking about um, because the pool's so deep, um, and that's, you know, uh, they, they can do diving and put up all, you know, fake coral reefs inside there and do <laughs> diving instruction. So I think that was an amazing uh, idea, which, which is very plausible, very plausible. But yeah, but think about that. You have this giant uh, wave pool and this wave making machine and you're like okay how am i going to market this how am i going to sell this and that would be so fun to to sit on the shoreline and think of different ways to to use it to get people to come out and uh all the just kind of brainstorming and and dream time to find a great uh great uses for it yeah another thing that they talked about was having surf life-saving competitions because um i'm pretty sure it's big in california and it's massive in australia um, where all the clubs get together and they have competitions against each other for surf lifesaving. And they were talking about doing that in the wave pools as well, which is you know training and competitions and events and all kinds of great stuff. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Urban Surf has been using uh, their facility for, for some training and such. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, the wave pools as uh, training mechanisms for life savings. <clears throat> lifesaving is, uh, is, is good. Yeah, just hopefully we're going to get Urban Surf on the podcast pretty soon um, as well. Because Andrew Ross has since moved back a bit, and then I think he's venturing around the world. That was the last interview we had um, with him related to Urban Surf, and he's moving around the world, focusing on other wave pool projects. So I think he's still involved, but um, yeah, he's and also he, involved. yeah, and we just did an interview with Damon, which uh, will air maybe by the time this is this podcast is up, or maybe not. We're um, yeah doing some final edits, but that will that will be up on the website as well really interesting right now they're uh pushing uh looking forward to sydney and hopefully getting that going and then they have uh other other designs in looking at western australia and uh brisbane so brisbane mate brilliant yeah (laughs) (laughs) have you been across to australia brian no no i haven't been to australia yet the uh only southern hemisphere journey i've been to is uh Indonesia, the mental Oh, nice. Sounds yeah, great. It's beautiful. Um, Surf Loch, um, which is a distinctly Scottish name. Um, is I was going to call him Major Tom, but that's a bit disrespectful. You know, Dr. Tom <laughs> Lochtefeld. <laughs> he's a, you, you've had a chat with Tom, haven't you, over the years? I mean, he's been very successful in the wave pool space, yeah. inventing the flow rider and then selling it on to endless surf, etc. Now he has Surf Loch. Um, which was proven in Palm Springs by none other, none other than Shane Magnuson from BSR. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they've got a couple of projects going down as well. I mean, I think they've got quite a few. Yeah, yeah. When I spoke with uh, Tom a, a few months ago and we did the interview, he said they had 10 things going, you know, at different levels of commitment <clears throat> and, uh, you know, project completion. Uh, had the, the Palm Springs prototype. Uh, which I've heard they've since torn down and are now working on the bigger, larger pool. Um, he he built a a wave pool for uh, a wealthy individual 
uh, in the northeast of the U.S. who has a backyard with a surf lock wave pool in it. <laughs> and nice. um, his, his other projects include uh, Spain, and there's one in Australia, uh, about 45 minutes outside of Sydney, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. uh, something, something Ferry, it's an old uh, inlet uh, where they would take a ferry across, you know, from the urban center. So that one uh, will will should go ahead as well. It looks like it. They have all their uh, what's the expression? I's dotted and T's crossed. Yes. Yeah, dot the I's across the T's. I think um, that one down in Marbella. I think it's in Marbella in Spain. Um, that sounds like a massive project. I think it was sort of wasn't it something like a billion dollars or something crazy. Yeah, and we as we know from this, it, it it's like you need more than being just an enthusiastic surfer to make one of these things happen. Um, that's why so many people from the commercial real estate development side enter things. There's uh, you know, enter this space because you, you really need that, especially when you get up into the, the, the billion dollar figure. Yeah, it's uh, definitely all about commercial real estate. And so if you do have a commercial real estate background, you're well placed to, to start it. Cause I think, um, and also Adam from, Adam Bonvin from Alaya Bay, who I interviewed a while back, he he said, you know, he, he the, the hardest part of the whole trip was actually searching for the land. And it took him two to three years to search for the land. And once you've nailed the land down, boom, then, then it seems to be that things fall into place. But you've got to have the right land. And Andrew Ross also echoed this as well. He said, if you don't have the right land, it's going to say, I mean, if you do have the right land, it'll save you t- many, many, many years in the development process. So it's vital. I remember that from uh, my conversations with Andrew, where he described, you know, if, if you go down and you hit a water table that adds millions of dollars to the project, if you have to import clean dirt to raise the whole project above, that's, you know. Uh, clean fill, he said. Yeah, that, clean I remember that Clean fill, yeah. that can be yeah, millions. Yeah. Um, the power grid, if you have to build your own, like, transformer station or uh, – Bring the power lines in that's millions of dollars it's phenomenal how many uh ways a project can can cost more than you originally intended and not to mention the water and the noise um so all those and then obviously you know traffic patterns and things like that and then market feasibility i mean there's so much so it's such a complex project and i think many of you guys out there might be thinking damn when does a wave pool come into my town but you, you got to realize these things take a lot of time and a lot of time yeah yeah there's a lot to it um but you know at the same time look who's who's got the job done uh surf snowdonia you know the first to open they they had the land and they made it happen uh bsr had surf the land resort. and they had the money yeah and bsr surf resort you know they already had the uh, facility there with the cable park and they were able to bring in the wave pool and, and make it happen. So it's, it can be done. It is being done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we just looked at all these projects around the world, actually, well, let's get to that afterwards. Let's first finish up with Surflock. Are there any, no, we've done Surflock, haven't we? We've finished yeah, that? we've done Surflock. Okay. So the, the latest um, contender to arrive on the market, and, and strange enough, they're the, the country, the company with the greatest pedigree having going back 40 years in, in the white water business, water park business, but it's uh, white water. And their product, Endless Surf, just stormed onto the scene, took Paris by force from Wave Garden. Um, and then they're dab- dabbling in the Caribbean and Punta Cana. And we spoke with Ryder Thomas about that a few episodes back. And um, there's apparently a project in Vietnam. I don't know anything about that. Don't even know where it is. 
and I'm sure they got more. Do you know any more? Yeah, I know they're looking at uh, developers want who want to use the endless surf uh, pneumatic wave pool will be. There's a project in Southport Southport Cove Resort, which is uh, sandwiched between Blackpool and Liverpool in England. Uh, they they want to do a surf park with an endless surf as the central feature. There's also Melbourne. Uh, we're talking about Richmond, Virginia having two wave pools. Melbourne could potentially have two wave pools as there's an abandoned water park that they want to transform into a surf park. And that's really interesting too because uh, an easier pathway to make something happen in a wave pool is uh, reconverting a, an old water park because you already have the land. It's already uh, zoned for such a purpose. So that's a big, um, a lot of the work is out of the way. So yes, there could be an endless surf in Melbourne, uh, just half an hour from urban surf. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Interesting. But I think you're right. I mean, there's definitely, there's a lot of people down in Melbourne. And, uh, you know, if you've got a million people within 30 minutes drive of your place, you're good to go. Yeah. And I wanted to mention about endless surf. The thing that's really interesting is they don't, they don't have a prototype yet, but they have this massive traction um, in this space right now uh, where people are, are signing on for the design and they're, they have projects in the works several without having a, a prototype. So I think they're kind of like uh, Tom Lochtefeld is. They, they just have a good running history uh, and name, and that's given them traction to, to start these developments uh, before they, they're even sending out surf. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting one. It's a question that I posed Andrew Thatcher from um, Whitewater, that I, and I said to him, you know, why, how come you guys can, can do this without having a, a prototype up? And he was saying, well, you know, obviously we, we, we're building on the pedigree like you just mentioned, Brian. But um, also, if you think about it from their point of view, for them to build a prototype would take just as long to build a prototype as it would to build Paris or uh, not, maybe not Paris, but like one of the other projects that they've got going on. So they obviously think that one of their projects is going to come to light soon and then they can you know, use that effectively as their prototype. Right. And we'll, uh, and we'll see. And, that, and that'll come up. So that will be the prototype, much like Tom Lochtefeld's design uh, in Palm Springs. So, which is funnily enough, also a disused water park that they converted. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm going to interrupt you here, Nick, and take over with all the periphery wave makers. So we focused on the big ones. There's a lot of small, smaller players um, who have have these phenomenal systems that they're developing and that they're building that could one day rival uh, many of these larger wave makers. Who are you familiar with? Uh, wave Prism, Swell Spot, Swell MFG. Um, can't think of anything else offhand. Okay. There's, um, yeah, out of South America, we've got Wave SEG, uh, Wave Seg, out of Argentina. Uh, we've got Olas Wave Pool, and they're from Quito in Ecuador. And uh, both companies are technology builders, and both have prototypes uh, that are sending out... Um, small-scale waves, and both are in development of full-scale, full-size prototypes. So South America could be the next uh, kind of brain trust for wave pool designs. Are there any more that you can think of? Um, well, our, our friend Greg Weber, he's, yeah. uh, if all goes well, we'll see a Weber wave pool in Coral Springs, Florida. Um, 
there's also the really interesting surf world in uh, Verne, Germany, which is uh, a research development. Um, they're working in conjunction with the university, so they'll have two wave pools. One will be massive and huge. They'll use it during the favorable seasons for surfing. And in winter, it'll be done uh, use strictly for research, which I don't know. What, what is that, ice? How wave moves through ice? Because it's got to be pretty cold there. Yeah. And um, then, yeah, the other one would be Okahina, the French company with the circular design. Mm, that looks really interesting because it's completely different to anything that anyone else has got out. Yes. And it's, um, they're really secretive about how it works. And then again, there's that term secretive. Is it like secretive or, you know, is it, it there's a fine line with secretive. You, you still need to validate your design. But if you're too secretive, people are just going to think you're hustling everyone, <laughs> as, as we found out from talking to. But isn't Okahina pretty close to producing um, something? Yeah, they were, they were supposed to have a, uh, a wave built in Poitiers near, um, uh, there's an a attraction called Futuros, Futuroscope, and there's a lake near there where they were going to deploy their design. I keep getting um, hits on LinkedIn where they're opening another, you know, they're working with the local council. Here, here in France, it's a favored design because it's environmentally sound. It can be deployed elsewhere. Um, and they're promoting it as an environment first rather than a recreation first device. So um, they're able to work with French agencies here, which uh, can be really difficult if you, if you want to get into the, the wave pool drama and why so many wave pools are not opening here, which... Uh, seems to be more of a story than what's actually opening. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pushback in France, isn't there? There's yeah, lot. heaps. Uh, Quicksilver or board riders wanted to do a, a pool in Saint-Jean-de-Luz and the local community, um, Many, most of them surfers, rallied against it. Hmm. So there's Crazy that. Stuff. Yeah, and then there was uh, in up near Nantes, in the in the northwest of the country, there was a they were going to do an American wave machines on a on a field uh, and an agricultural zone, but uh, the local community rallied against that. A group who wants to protect agricultural spaces uh, rallied against it, and uh, as it is now, I believe it's in limbo. But I suppose every single project has their own peculiar peculiarities as to why the locals would not want it there. And it doesn't seem like there's one issue. I mean, obviously, energy is, 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 a, is a big issue. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's one issue, right? Am I wrong? Um, no, it, it seems it's very unique to each area. Like uh, in Saint-Jean-de-Luz for the board riders, um, a lot of people like feel, because uh, Quicksilver is headquartered there, that um, they've promoted surfing and, and sold surfing. So the local breaks are just so crowded that a, uh, a wave pool there would bring more people to the area. Um, that's my speculation on the logic there. Uh, I know other pools are the specu the people are against it in terms of uh, the ecological factors, which, um, you know, there's all this data that suggests it's much more environmentally friendly than a golf course. Uh, so it, if people are going to have fun <laughs> somewhere, you're going to construct something. It's it's like, especially with surfing, you, you definitely respect the environment and do something as low impact as possible. 
but um, it, it's not always a black and white case, as, as so many things that we're discovering. Yeah, I mean, that's a massive conversation to have right there. I mean, it'd be, it would be interesting to dig deep into that. But um, when we're talking about, okay, obviously, we've talked about soliton wave pools, basically all the, uh, mostly. Uh, and then there's sheet waves as well. So if I wanted to go out and buy myself a sheet wave, you know, wave being, as for you guys out there who don't know, it's just in you know, a water flowing over a form, creating a wave so you can surf down. There's obviously this flow rider. Um, there's a new thing called Ka'ana, is it? Yeah, that's that's different. And, and we need to distinguish between uh, sheet waves and uh, rapid waves. So okay. sh- sheet waves are, there's a, a, water is just run over a sheet, basically, like with your flow rider. So you're limited to riding uh, kind of a board with no fins, like a big puffy skateboard. Um and that's what you ride on a flow rider. Uh, so that's a sheet wave. It's just, as Tom Lochtefeld described it, it's just the top 10% of the wave that you're surfing on. A standing wave, which I'm now favoring the term rapid wave because it's rapid wave pool because it's modeled after rapid surfing in rivers. Um, and that's like city wave, unit, uh, Kaana. That has a... Um, uh, a a trough where it's a few feet deep so you can re- use regular surfing equipment on that type of uh, wave. Okay, so we've got some other products in that space. So I think uh, American Wave Machines have a product there as well. Yes, um, they do. Endless Surf are apparently, I mean, they've bought Flowrider, but apparently they're coming out with, I mean, Flowrider is, like you said, is a sheet wave, and then they're coming out with something else, which we don't really know, but we can presume it might be a, a deeper sheet wave. What, what do you call it? A rapid wave, sorry. Rapid wave. As, as rapid wave or standing yep. wave. I, what do you yeah. think? Because this, is, this has become a, a discourse recently, like what should the terminology be? <laughs> I think you should, just, you should just call it right here, right now, Brian. It's a rapid wave. Rapid wave pool. Let's do it. Yeah, Okay. that's it. <laughs> TM. <laughs> <laughs> rapid wave pool. All right. Yeah. Are there any other people? Uh, I mean, there is there's somebody else. Who are those guys called? Uh, Unit. Yes, they do the other um, rapid wave pool. And their, their system's cool because you can uh, deploy it out in a lake. Um, there's a water park, a cable park in Milan, Italy, and they're using it there. Um, and, and that's incredibly popular. And obviously, these things are much cheaper to, to um, install than a full-on soliton wave pool. Yes. But don't, don't expect it to cost you less than a couple of million, I think. Uh, it's still quite, still quite pricey. Yeah, the small ones, um, and you can see this, the smaller they are, the, the less expensive they are, but they don't really look as fun because you pump down the line and it's like, oh, I'm at the edge. You know, it's like mm. the uh, river wave in Munich where um, there's not a whole lot of room. Eisbach, yeah? Yes, <laughs> when, whatever you said. I, I hope that clears up in your throat there, Nick. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, I've I've surfed a flow rider, and uh, it's it's you know it's interesting, and it's it's not really surfing, but it's I think these deeper rapid waves, I'd love to have a go at that. But have you ever had a go on the flow rider tube version? They got like a barreling version of it. Yeah, the flow barrel. Uh, no, I no, I haven't. I haven't ridden a, a flow rider either. But that's the uh, yeah, that's the kind of. Uh, intense version they have at the wave house and we had a really uh, great discussion with uh marshall from uh flow rider who does who works on a committee to come up with safety standards uh in regards to this machinery 
Um, little things like uh, on a flow rider, there, there's there's a grate that the water goes through, and, and the holes have to be a certain size so you don't get your fingers stuck in there, which is things you don't even think about. And anyway, he's taking that approach, and they're trying to get that done with uh, wave pools, with soliton wave pools. Okay. I have no idea what well, that was in response to, but uh, <laughs> just kind of. But it's good stuff. It's good info. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely relevant. But yeah, I think we seem to have covered the entire wave pool space in in like forty minutes. That's brilliant. Yes, we have. Sorry for uh, apologies for running long. There's one thing I want to drop in, and that's China because yeah. China they have the big uh, Kelly Slater knockoff uh, wave pool that was expensive and. Uh, didn't work and they had to redo it and now it produces an okay wave but i've heard that there are more wave pools in development throughout china and that's just like one of those little uh yeah i don't know much more about that but that was one of those uh anonymous well it can't be anonymous through through instagram but one of those text dude china you know we need to do <laughs> we need to ask Jamie O'Brien and Ben Gravy to go on a clandestine mission and to go and seek out all the wave pools in China. I think they'd do a great job. They would. They'd, they'd find it. I think uh, Jamie has surfed the, uh, the tidal bore there, the Silver Dragon. So um, he, he knows his way around China. And Ben Gravy knows his way around anywhere. He's brilliant. Ben, ben Gravy is great. He can go anywhere and just make people happy around him. Like <laughs> everyone is just happier after being around Ben Gravy. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, he's become such a legend. I saw him going into, he's just recently been in Hawaii and uh, he went into a store there and on his vlogs mm-hmm. and a guy, a young kid was actually buying a board of his oh, wow. as he walked into the store and he was like, <laughs> Hey man, that's my board. <laughs> that was brilliant. Oh, that's awesome. But, but Brian, back to uh, Wavepool Mag. What's uh, what's next for you and us in the future? Wow, what a what a loaded question. We've got a lot in the works, and it's it's like anything that you that you do where you have uh, more ideas than time. But we are working diligently and constructively, and uh, hopefully efficiently, and getting many things. Uh, up like a technology guide on the website that's in the works we are um, going to ex- be expanding our video um, yeah we're, we're taking more trips to wave pools as they open up so you'll be seeing a lot more a lot more and varied content on the website and that's just happening all this year it's great it just feels like it's just the beginning and i'm really stoked that I'm getting the podcast back on a weekly episode level because you know we felt it over the last you know few months, um, and it's back on a weekly schedule. So tune in every week for a Waypool Mag podcast, and yeah, let us know what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Brian. Is it on Instagram? Is it the best way? Um, no, the the best way is just uh, email us through the website, and uh, there's a contact there, and it all goes through uh into our uh, the inbox here and uh yeah love love chatting with people love sending emails and uh sharing knowledge wherever i can so so hit us up great thanks brian yeah thank you nick for your curiosity and still